Well, hello, Parkview. How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? I can't hear you. Can, can you do, are you doing good? That's good. That's good. Hey, so I've been in your city for a week now. So I spoke last weekend, spoke, I'm speaking this weekend. So I've kind of done some tourist stuff this weekend, yes. In fact, uh, right here, I went to Plush Horse. <laughs> Apparently, one scoop does not mean one scoop. Does it? No, it does not. No, it does not. Did the Navy Pier, let's see, went uh, to Jan, uh, no, no, John Hancock Building. You guys been there? Did that? Yeah? John Hancock is sitting in the audience right here. Yeah, <laughs> excited. I know, we, we, I didn't pay for the tilt. You know you pay extra to tilt? Did you know that? I just tilted myself, so I just looked. It was good, it was good. Well, let's see, what else? Oh, I had pizza, Chicago. Chicago-style pizza. I'm not going to tell you where, because I don't want to split the church. I mean, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. Don't do that. Uh, let's see, what else did we do? Um, yeah, we rented bikes. Have you done those? You rent bikes, those, uh, those blue bikes. Um, I don't know if you've ever done that, but uh, uh, so you, you rent the bikes, and you got 30 minutes uh, to, you know, until you have to, you know, kind of like station them and you can, you know, you have to check them in like every 30 minutes. And I thought it was a great idea, but then I realized no one needs stress like that. Like no one. <laughs> That's a bad idea. I'm like, I'm, I'm freaking out, you know, because I'm like, okay, we got to do this. I've been with my son. So I'm like, okay, we got 30 minutes to check this bike in. We got to go here. We got to go there. And we were hoping to go to London, uh, not London, London, <laughs> on the bike. We were hoping to do that. In 30 minutes. Oh, no, but no, we are going to Lincoln Park Zoo, right? Yeah, it's free, right? Whatever. Now, let me, let me show you what happened, okay? So we're all stressed out. I'm stressed out about getting us there. We get there. I'm trying to walk in. The lady stops me. She says, I'm sorry, you can't come in. I'm like, what? She goes, uh, the whole, the whole uh, the park zoo thing has been, because uh, it's a private party. I'm like, What? Can you book the whole park? The whole zoo? I mean, animals have rights too. I mean, what, really? Can you do that? I'm like, it's, I, seriously, we just, we just, we just oh, it took us forever to get here. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, who, who did that? She's like, oh, Levi, so-and-so. I'm like, oh, I know him. <laughs> I know him. And then she goes, well, it's a she. And I'm like, well, back in the day, I know. <laughs> I didn't get in, didn't get in, didn't get in, but anyways, it's good. Uh, you know what else happened, though? This was, the, I, th I think, probably the best, um, is that um, we, were, we were doing something, and then my son was like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. He's like, okay. And so we find this security guy who's in the building, and we try, this building has a bathroom, and I go, hey, can we get in here? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll let you in. And, and I think they were, they were shut down for the night or whatever. And so he, my, brother, my, my son goes in, gets, you know, goes in the restroom. And so uh, I, I, I just say hello to him. But when I say hello to him, I kind of get this feeling. I don't know if you ever got this feeling. It's the feeling of, I think I'm supposed to say something to him. 
Like, I don't know if you've done this, but you kind of get like these, these holy hunches, you know, like these things that you go, hey, I think God wants to say something. So I had in my mind like kind of a download that I need to say something to him. But I was like, I don't know who he is. I got I to gotta return the bike. You know, we're not doing this. You know, so I didn't say anything because you don't know. You don't know, right? When you feel like you need to say something to people about God, you're like, I don't know. Are they the, oh, thumbs up or like the, uh, no, don't talk to me about God. So I didn't want to say anything. So then... Uh, my son comes out of the restroom, and I say, okay, see you later, and I'm leaving. As I'm leaving, I'm thinking, I don't know, God. Did I miss it? I don't know. Whatever. I'm not, I, whatever. I don't know. So we are about to cross the street, and my son looks at me, I kid you not, and says, I got to go again. I'm like, what? What were you doing in the, do you know how this works? Like, what? What? Wait, we can go again. He's like, Dad, I got to go again. I'm like, oh, Really? I'm like, all right. So we go back into the building, same building, knock, knock, hey. <laughs> so my son, he's got to go again. And he goes, hey, no problem, come on in. I'm like, okay, I guess this happens a lot. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so we walk in, and my son goes to the restroom, and now I'm looking at the guy, and God is like telling me, like, do you want your son to go to the bathroom the third time? Like, let's have this, <laughs> like, like, let's have this conversation. I was like, oh. So I'm like, hey, so where are you from? And he goes, oh, I'm from Puerto Rico. And then he looks at me, he goes, are you Puerto Rican? I'm like, no, man, I'm not. I mean, I, it's a compliment, but I'm still, I'm not. I mean, you would know your own people. Anyways, so I'm like, no, I'm not. And, he, and then he asked me where I'm from. And so I tell him, and I tell him why I'm here. Tell him about Chicago, tell him about Parkview, tell him about... I'm a pastor. And he goes, oh, you're a pastor. And when I start talking to him about that, he's kind of like gives me the signs like, okay, he's open to stuff like this. And then I just say it. I go, you know what, man? Um, so when we walked in here the first time, kind of had this feeling, I need to tell you something. And I believe that, uh, I just need to tell you that, you know, you think that uh, God has forgotten you because of some of the things you've done, uh, but he hasn't. He's still with you. In fact, his favor is on you today. And he was like, and he started doing this. He's like, I got these things, man. I got, I'm like, what, lice? What, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? <laughs> you know? I thought I didn't say it. And he, uh, he, goes, he, goes, he goes, these goose things. I'm like, goosebumps? Yeah, okay. And I'm like, okay. I said, why? He said, this morning, this morning, I was praying. I was like, God, have you forgotten me? Can you just remind me today that you're still with me, that your favor is still with me? And so then I tell him this, and he's like, uh, God's still with me. I said, man, God is still with you. And then he should begin telling me about all the stuff that, you know, stuff that failed in his life and his job and his marriage and all that. And, and it was just a beautiful moment where God allowed me to step into some, a conversation that he was having with this guy. You see, uh, the, the, the thing that you, those of you who are not a follower, you're not a follower of Jesus, that, that you need to know about this God that we serve, the reason why we're here, is the biggest difference between the God that we serve and the God that, who likes to connect with us, who Jesus talked about, this Father. This is the God who doesn't just want to talk to you. He wants to talk through you. 
And it's a very big difference. In fact, it is an invitation for us to join what he is doing. So God is at work in this world, but he's choosing us to join him. That's why we're having this conversation called Jesus Misplaced. It's, it's basically topics that we have to remind ourselves that Jesus went to places, unfamiliar places. It seems like he was misplaced. But he found himself in conversations, and he's inviting us to be in conversations uh, to the people around us. And Pastor Tim kicked this off a couple of weeks ago, talking about this idea of connecting and leading with relationship. And last week, I talked about how, how we need to not just care, but you got to care enough and to help, to do something. Well, this weekend, I, I, I want to do this. I want to ask you one question. I think it's going to take us uh, the next step forward in this conversation about being used by God, being on mission with God. And it's this, this question right here, okay? This is the question. That is, that, that's it? Yeah. It's like, did I just see that or did that happen? Okay. Okay. Uh, here's, here it is. Are you able to see and step into what God is doing all around you? Are you able to see and step into what God is doing all around you? Because God is at work. You remember the passage of Scripture that we talked about last week? If you didn't, you can catch it up online. But it's found in Corinthians. Let me read this passage to you. It says this, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, which is such great news, isn't it? And then he gave us this wonderful message, because it is a wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are his what? We are what? Ambassadors for Christ as though, as though God were, plead, was, were pleading what? Through us. So God wants, God wants us to be a part of seeing what he's doing and then stepping in to what he is doing. And if you, if you remember from last week, we talked about the why. Why does God want us to do this? Because he knows something about us. He knows that you and I want to live significant lives. And so he gives us a secret to success in life. It's not the stuff that you own. It's not the stuff that you wear. I mean, those are great things. But the secret really in being successful in life is being what? significant in someone else's life. But you and I have to be able to see and then step into what God is doing. For some of us, it's easy, but for others of us, it's so hard. Like right now, you're in the midst of this, uh, let's just call it an opportunity, uh, because it really is a problem, but let's just call it an opportunity. And you're like, oh, this really bites. This is, this is horrible. This, I don't see God in this at all. But maybe you're just not seeing it. Now, some of you are in, in a place where you've got this, this, this report, this doctor's report that happened last week, and you're thinking, I don't, uh, don't tell me, Naeem, that God's in this. And I, I don't want to tell you this, but I will tell you this, that anything that's ever happened to you or will happen to you will be for your good because there's a God who loves you and it has to go through his hands. And so the problem really, the issue really, is us being able to see and then step into it. Do you, can you see what God is doing? Sometimes you can look at something and not even see what you need to see. For example, there's this uh, logo out there. Let me put this up on the screen for you. You've seen this logo, right? FedEx logo, of course. All right. Okay. Now, how many of you um, see the arrow in the logo? Some of you are like, what? Where is an arrow? Where? What? 
Okay, help them out. Do you see it right here? Oh. Aren't you glad you came to church? Wow, she's seen the lights. All right. Now, for those of you who saw the arrow instantly, here's the next level for you. Do you see the spoon? It's not a joke. There are two people over there, possibly. You see the spoon? You're like, you're freaking me out, name. My legs are shaking. Right here. Oh. Oh. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's just pray and let's be done. How about I do that? We're done. The message. Now, why do I show you this? I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I do know this. It doesn't work really well in other languages. For example, my, one of my languages is Arabic, so this is the logo in Arabic. <laughs> really. Like, that's not a word in Arabic. They just put the arrow in there. Anyways. <laughs> point, though. Point, though. You can take that down. <laughs> point is, it is possible for you to be in the middle of something, looking at a problem or even people, people, and you don't see God in them at all. I mean, the truth is, there are, so, there are seasons in our life that we just hate. You don't see God in them. And then there are people, you don't want to say you hate them. But you do, you know? And the problem is you can't live life being in seasons or in situations that you always hate being in and surrounded by people you just hate being in. Why? Because haters are going to what? Hate. But what are you going to do? Is you going to shake, shake, shake it off? <laughs> sorry. Sorry, sorry. If you don't know what I just did, you're good. You don't need to know. You don't need to know. Let's do this. Let's look at the scriptures. I'm going to take you to a passage right here, okay? So this is a story of Jesus. And you, what we realize is that he's having, um, uh, he's, you know, he's in the middle of doing ministry. He's, he's healing people. His, his disciples are there. Pharisees are there, the people who are criticizing him. I mean, there's a whole crowd of people. But he's in the middle of something, okay? And then right there, this conversation takes place. This person comes up and starts talking to Jesus. And so here's where we pick it up. So when Jesus uh, returned to Capernaum, a Roman soldier, okay, a Roman soldier, in some translations, they call him a uh, centurion. A centurion or a Roman soldier basically was in charge of about a hundred other soldiers, okay? So he came to him. Now, now, if you're a Jewish rabbi, like Jesus, you got disciples, Jewish people, and a soldier comes towards you, that's no big deal. But if a Roman officer comes towards you, like this guy is, a centurion who's in charge of about 100, you think you're getting busted. You're getting arrested. Why? Because the Romans were occupying and oppressing the Jewish people at the time. Rome was in charge of everything. Everything. And so you now you just imagine the scene. You're doing your thing. You're one of the disciples. You look up, and there are soldiers coming towards you. You're like, ah, it was good. While it lasted, we're done. <laughs> but this Roman officer comes, and he starts to do something. He starts pleading, pleading. It's a different tone. He starts pleading with Jesus, and this is what he says. He says, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed in terrible pain, which is very, very interesting. Why does he care about this? But he keeps on going. Jesus says this. Now, this is shocking. This is what Jesus says. I will come and what? Heal him. Now, this sounds lovely. 
but not if you're the guy right there, the next guy to get a healing from Jesus. Does that make sense? Like if you're doing, Jesus is doing your stuff, you, you're next in line, and this Roman guy comes, and Jesus goes, well, I'll just go there. You're like, no, no, not yet. I want mine, whatever. And, and besides, let the Roman people, like, let them get sick and die. I mean, that'd be great, you know, because then we won't be occupied anymore. We won't be oppressed. Like, don't go there. Jesus goes, oh, I'll just go there. But then it gets very interesting, right? It's very interesting. Then the centurion, this Roman officer, begins the conversation. He says, uh, but the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. To which I'm sure Jesus is like, okay, let's keep talking. Okay, keep on going. Then he goes and says this, just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. What? Wow. Wow, which I'm sure the disciples are like, uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, Jesus doesn't heal, like, wirelessly, like, you know? Like, it's gonna be, there's this spitting involved, there's all kinds of stuff, you gotta walk this, you gotta do that, gotta have faith, all that, there's a hard line connection, Jesus touches people, say the word, never happened, not gonna happen. But the Roman officer keeps on going. He says this, which is shocking. He says, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. He's saying this. He says, I know this. Um, taking a guess on this. I kind of see this. Uh, I think you're kind of like me. You're kind of like me. You have, I mean, I have authority. I'm under authority of Rome. And Jesus, I think you're under authority. Now, I represent Rome, but Jesus, I think you represent someone bigger. Okay, wow. And then he goes on and says, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go and they go, or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they, they do it. So you know what this guy says? He's saying, Jesus, I think you're kind of like me. You are under authority. It's not Rome. It's something bigger. I don't know who. It's bigger. And you have authority, not over people, but you have authority over sickness and death and life. You can just say to a disease to stop, and it'll stop. You can just say to a healing, go, and the healing will go. To which I'm sure the disciples are like, what is happening right now? What? Jesus freaks out. He goes and says this. He says, and he was, the word is amazed. The word translation is tamadzu. Like, this word has not been used a whole lot. Jesus is like, what? <laughs> now, that's the, my translation of it. But I'm sure it, it, it happened. Here's, here's why I know. Here's why I know. Turning to those who were following him, so the disciples, he says this. He said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of what? Israel. What? Again, if you're the disciples, you're like, what? whatever. Like, no. 
Like, you have to go out more often, Jesus. Like, no, you, no one? You're telling me that this Roman officer has more faith, a pagan worshiper, by the way, has more faith than us? Than us. Like, we, we have given up. We, we're following you. We grew up. We grew up with the Jewish traditions and the teachings. You're telling me that this dude right here, whose armies, by the way, are oppressing us, has more faith than Jesus says this. I tell you this, that many Gentiles, Gentiles, he brings up the, 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 the subject that everybody's thinking about. He goes, I tell you, many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus is saying it doesn't matter where you're born, what you've been raised in, from where you are, the color of your skin, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I will tell you this, that there will come a time where everyone, all nations, everyone will come and will be equal. There will be no more like we're Jewish and we got this. No, it'll be one thing. And let me just also tell you this, that I don't know if you know, you think that you've got it all when it comes to Jesus. Like, you know, when God only speaks to Christians, let me just tell you something, that's not true. God speaks to all everyone, which again is shocking because this Roman officer who had never stepped foot in a rabbi school or anything now can, has the ability to do this. He has the ability, he's shown us, to see God move and then step into what God is doing. But yet the disciples, the Pharisees, the religiously active people are hanging out with Jesus. The Pharisees are looking at Jesus, the Son of God, and they go, what God? What are you talking about? The biggest sin, the tragedy, is really to be surrounded with the activity of God and to miss it totally. Be looking at it and just go, what? I don't see anything. And Jesus says, I'm in, I'm, I'm working in this Roman officer. I'm in the healing. I'm in, you just don't see me. Because I can, I can truly just say the word and it'll be done. I, I can do things like that. See, I think for some of us, uh, it's not that God's not in your issue. Your heartbreak, your pain, your loss, this, this failed marriage. It's not like he's not in this, in this um, depression. It's not like he's left you alone. It's just that you don't see him. But just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not there. Just because you think he could never, never show up that way doesn't mean that he won't. He, he will. He will. And so if there's anything that we can learn from this passage, I think there are just two things. One is that if we're going to, if we're going to begin to see and step into what God is doing, because God is at work around us, in us, through us, he's for us, he's with us. If we're going to do that, then there are just two simple things we need to be convinced about because when we are convinced about them, we will have, begin to have eyes to see and then step into. So here's the first one. The first one is this simple truth. God is working in everybody. 
Not these people, not those people, not those, uh, 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 no, in everybody, which is shocking to some people because we would love to go, hey, 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 we got it. They don't. We have it. They don't. They got it all wrong. We're good, which is great to be, in, uh, you know, on, to take sides if you're in a better side or, or whatever. But with Jesus, it's like, uh, I don't think so. Here's, here's Col- uh, the writer of Colossians. Paul says this, this way. He explains this truth. He says, Christ is the uh, visible image of the invisible God. The word image here is the, where, where we get the word icon, kind of like the app. So you, you're on your, on your phone or your smart device and you click on it and it opens up. He's saying that Jesus is that app that opens up the mysteries of God. And he says that he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created what? Everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. So it's shocking for us. It's weird. It's strange. It's out there to go. God is having a relationship with invisible things. But yes, God is having a relationship with invisible things. God is working through everyone. Here, here's my, my, I take, you know what I take from this? I take from this that there's a creator God who made humanity, and especially humanity because he made him in our own image. And so regardless where you're born, there is a God potential, a God DNA in every human being that exists. Now God has a relationship with all of creation, the scripture says. So the millions of species, somehow they know. The only species that has a problem with God is humans. But everybody else knows. And so here you got this idea that God is working in everybody. And we, I know for us, for me personally, I have an issue with that, right? Because I think there are some people who are so far gone, like Come on, you have some people. You have family members. You're like, mm, no God there. God left. Good for him. You know, like, we're not inviting them. No one talked to them. We're ignoring them. Not happening. And I'm not talking about abusive relationships, but I am telling you this. I am telling you this. God has not given up on people that you've given up on. And that includes you. God hasn't given up on the prayer request, the need that you have, that you've given up on. Could God, God's working. God's working. God, God continues, continues to work. I got reminded of that. My, my mom and I have this crazy relationship, obviously, because she you know, raised me to be a Muslim, good Muslim boy, and I'm a good Christian pastor, so that didn't work out for her. <laughs> but it's been, it's been really challenging because I broke her heart, you know? And uh, so we've had a lot of years to talk through that and, and deal with that. And, and so this, uh, this past Mother's Day, now again, it's been 20 years, uh, we don't have a lot of spiritual conversations, but um, she came into town. We went to the grocery store that same night to pick up something. And, and as we were going there, she starts talking about she brings up church, Jesus, and I'm like, this, this is crazy. What's going on? Because see, in my mind, we just stopped having those conversations, and it had been years, right? 
So I kind of went, I don't know if God's working, I don't know. To me, I was like, yeah, yeah, but I'd, I'd, I'd kind of sort of given up in one sense. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know. And so then she tells, hey, Naeem, I want to I tell you something that I haven't told anyone. I said, okay. She goes, you know, when I was pregnant with you, uh, someone told me to read a passage of the Quran over you when I was pregnant with you. I said, really? I was like, all right. You know, she's trying to get me back, you know, and I don't know, where is this going? And then she told me the passage in the Quran. The passage she told me about is Surah Al-Maryam, which is the chapter um, of the story of Mary. And the, the passage she read over me was when the angel came and told Mary that she will be, uh, she'll be used by God to bring forth Jesus, who will be the Messiah of the world. Now, that passage exists in the Quran. I don't know if you guys knew, didn't know that or not, but that does. That's why most, most Muslims who've read the Quran, their own book, believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So she's telling me this, and I'm like, what? And then she said, she said, I, I don't know why, I, kept, I, I only read that for you. I read that while I was pregnant with you. And I, I, guess, I guess it's come true now. And I'm like, what is happening? I, I asked her, I said, Mom, did you ever tell anybody? I mean, is, I mean, it's been 20 years, what are you doing? Like, is the first time you thought about it? She said, no, she, no, no, I thought about it the day you told me. The day you told me that you were a Christian. I, th I thought it was my fault. And I was like, well. <laughs> I was thinking God was has a, had a relationship with me through you. And you were a Muslim. Like God is, and, and, and now God's bringing up all these things now. I had given up on her in one sense. Could it be possible that the person, the problem, You've given up on God hasn't. God is working. God is working. And the second truth is this. God wants to work through everyone. He wants to work through you. Now, you might think, oh, no. No. My mom, my grandma, that dude over there, that girl there. No, not me. Not me. You have no idea. You have no idea my past. You have no idea. You have no idea. Truth is, I don't. And let's just be real. Can I be real? Let's just be real. You know you, and you wouldn't choose you. You just wouldn't. You would choose someone better. God knows you more, and he chose you. Yes, it's true. You are a mess. It's out. <laughs> Write it down. Tweet it out if you want to. You are a mess. But you know what? You're his mess. Whoo. All right, getting emotional. Okay, where were we? Let me read you a passage of scripture. That's good. I think someone... You really need to hear that. You're his mess. Okay. So, 
God has made us what we are. That's good to know. I can blame, I can blame my crazy on him. <laughs> he has created us. He's created us. To do what? To live lives filled with good works that he has prepared for us. He. So he's in this. He's in this with you. And he wants to use you regardless of what you think. Regardless of your fears, regardless of how scared you are, he wants to use you. In fact, he wants to use you to, sh to tell people about the love of God, this message that we have. And I get it. I get it. You know, when you, when you I'm, a, I'm a pastor, and, and, and still, when you think of the word evangelism, right, to evangelize, I mean, who doesn't get heartburn, right? Like, it's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want, don't, don't sign me up for that. I don't want to do that, you know. For some, it's like, great, you want to tell the world. You should probably stop. But anyways, but the others, <laughs> the others, the rest of us, it's hard, right? It's hard. Well, let me give you my definition of what evangelism is, okay? Let's throw out all the other definitions, okay? All the instances of let's go get bread and give it to people and do this and tracts and this and the cross and what. Forget that. This is what evangelism is. Evangelism is this. Joining the conversation God is already having with that person. That's what evangelism really is. Because you know who started talking to that person first? God. They just don't know it. You see, you're, you're supposed to show people and make them see what they don't see. Because the truth is that there's something God sees in you that you don't see. God wants to use you, regardless of what's happened. Regardless. I'm reminded, when I talk about this, I'm reminded about my, my epic failure. You know? And I, I can't even believe that I'm on stage talking to you guys about this. A couple of months into uh, just you know, becoming a Christian, uh, I had began a conversation with a guy, um, a Hindu guy, a friend of mine in college. And he, you know, we, we were just buddies. And, and I was telling him a lot about Christianity the gospel, you know, and uh, talking about religion. He was a, a Hindu, and Hindus have so many different gods. And so we had some really great conversations. And I was thinking I was getting somewhere with him. It was, it was good. And so one night we were at this diner, and we're just kind of talking about this a little bit, some more. And, and in walks this guy. And this guy I've seen on campus before, and I had, uh, because he, he kind of looked, you know, like he was from where I'm from, you know, um, Puerto Rico, and uh, no, no, and, but he looked, he looked Arab and all that, so he, he looks at me, and he starts walking up towards us, and so he walks up, and he, he introduces himself, and he's, he's an Arab guy, and he, he, um, he asks me not my name, and I go, Naeem, and, and he goes, oh, that's great, man, where are you from, and all that, and then he goes, oh, and so you're a Muslim, right, and he was all excited, like he'd found his people, and I was like, yeah. And I thought, yeah. And then it happened so fast. Then he goes, oh, okay, cool. Then what is that? Well, he was pointing to a necklace that had a cross on it. And he was like, what is that? And I looked at the cross and I went, oh, it's, you know, it's just fashion. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. All right, see you. We'll see you around. All right, okay, bye. All right, see you later. So he leaves and my friend my Hindu friend that I'm talking about, Jesus. He goes, oh, welcome back, bro. You're a Muslim now. That's awesome. 
At that point, everything about being used by God deflated. I was like, I'm never going to be. I can't even, I can't even believe this. I, den- I mean, flat out denied him. And now, God has used a coward like me to write a book called Ex-Muslim. Coward like me to, to come here and just talk to you guys about the fact that you are so important to God that he wants to use you regardless of who you are. And he wants to change the world through you. But he needs you to see and what? Step into what he's doing. I pray that you would have the faith to do that. So what I want to do, I just want to pray for us. Because some of us have um, people, problems, situations that you need to see God and then step into it. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for this, uh, this time. Thank you that uh, we've been able to um, feel your presence. God, I know that you're working, that you're having conversations, you're nudging people, you're leading people. They don't know how to interpret it, but it's, it's, it's real. They feel it. God, I pray that uh, some of us, we need the faith to see. Faith to see, God, that you're in the midst of this, even though it doesn't feel like that you're, you're there. But we, we need the faith to see that your hand is on us. Your hand is holding us in this time. We need that. And God, for some of us, we need the courage to step in to what you are already doing. To step into the conversation, to go across the aisle, to talk to the person, to the people around us. To have a conversation, to begin to connect with people. God, would you give us the power, the courage to do that? Give us the faith to see and the courage to step into what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.